One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up. All right, we got a hot podcast coming up. Um, we got to talk about the Grand Old Opry. The show should come out today, April 10th, and I have a show tonight at Zany's Nashville. Hannah will be on the show as well. Uh, the Nashville Comedy Festival is in full effect. This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah. And we are back. We're very excited to be here. We got, we got, we've been rearranging the room. As you can see, we're trying to film. Uh, the hope is that eventually we'll film, uh, be able to film live and do a separate one that we record uh, for YouTube. So for now, this is just for YouTube. We're excited to be here. Uh, things are going to come along more and more as we get into it. We're discovering technology. We're figuring out ways to run the podcast, do multiple technology things, while also not fighting with each other. Yeah, but it's like, who are the people that are like, doing a podcast is easy. Like, when I was starting to do a podcast two years ago, people were like, it's really easy. You just need to get this equipment, and then you get the software. And then the more you do it, it's like, it's not easy at all. I mean, especially when you got want to get video involved and good sound. It's easy to do it shitty podcast that's true there is very no, easy to do a shitty podcast there's nothing easy about trying to do it well yeah i mean the the things that we've created i mean joe denham recording an intro song for us uh matt price making all the bumpers for us i mean these are things that we can't do and this is what makes a good quality podcast but we figured out how to make the microphones loud enough to where i don't have to be up in it you know what i mean yeah actually when i was editing the podcast last week dusty even though because you think i don't do anything for the podcast but when i was editing the podcast i noticed that your voice was changing from different places when you were talking in different areas and i think that your voice sounds the best when you're on the side like that well do you um, hear that yeah i think my voice i think that this may be a sideways microphone Oh, okay when tyler mahan co was on the uh, podcast. He was trying to figure out whether it was a microphone that we should talk into the side or a microphone that we could talk in directly, and he couldn't figure it out. And the reason that he couldn't figure it out is because on that podcast, I didn't even plug the microphone into the computer. So it was all coming through the computer speaker, mm. and that was not his fault. That was my fault. That was a mistake. But we've, I feel good. I've, made, I've, I've rearranged this desk yet again to now we can set side by side, but we can also watch each other as we're recording. So we can look at each other that way. Yeah, It's very exciting. Everything is great. I got lots of stuff going on, and I feel good. Hannah feels good. I feel all right. I mean, we got into a little bit of fight before this podcast started. Well, only because Hannah likes to read, right? And and Hannah thinks that because she enjoys reading, she's also better than everyone because she reads, right? Yeah, so, that's exactly what I think. Now, now listen did to this. Did you th- read my diary? How did you know? Listen to this, though. It's like, 
she is entertained by reading the same way that I'm entertained by playing a video game, right? Or conspiracy theory videos. Right. Either way. Now, if we were trying to get prepared for the podcast and I was playing a game and she was doing other productive things, she would get mad at me and go, what do you... What are you doing? Why don't you help? But you know, instead, I'm trying to get things ready. I got, I got, I got stuff I've been selling online that I got to get shipped off. I had a flat tire. I'll talk about that in a bit that I had to take care of. And Hannah's just reading. Look, dude. I mean, I'm not a nerd. Okay, I don't care about gadgets and technology. And wow, the definition of nerd has really changed. And audio. I mean, it's like, well, I just feel like people that are good at tech stuff are nerdy. Like, sometimes I listen to podcasts and they have all these different words that they use. It's like internet lingo. And I'm like, what yep. are you even doing with your life? Like, you, I was like, I don't even know what that means. But don't you understand that you have all these words that you use that no one knows what they mean and you're reading all the time? Mm, that is a- the old school definition of a nerd. Well, yeah, maybe. But I mean, it's like I need an escape from this chaotic world. And people that have thought out their ideas instead of just blurting them into a microphone for the first time. Right. Um, but the point is that we want to do the podcast, so I need I need your help. I need this to be a joint effort. And, and, other, and the other point and is... You do, is and you do a lot. I, don't, I'm not, I never say that you don't do anything. I think, yeah. But you're like, the headphones, I can't hear anything out of the headphones. And it's like... Uh, it's like, well, I don't, I know as little about this as you do. So it's like, jump. well, geez, it's probably better that I noticed it at the start of the podcast and still, instead of you having a guest, uh, Tyler Mahan co on and not even realize that anything's right. been recorded. Had you been around so. during that podcast, uh, you would have been able to help, but you were sleeping. Yeah. So women need more sleep than men. Well, <laughs> I think men and women are the same. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. Biologically, physically, there's no difference. Yeah, women are physically superior. No, they're the same. We're absolutely the same. Okay. There is no benefit to being a man or a woman. Wow. Okay, wow. That's great. We're exactly the same. Uh Uh-huh. We have the same same needs, same wants. I need more sleep, though. Maybe. Are we fighting right now? I'm having a good time, but let's get into some stuff. Let's Let's get get into into the podcast. Let's get into where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, Where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. One of my favorite segments. Uh, this weekend, I went to Crackers Comedy Club in Indianapolis, and I'd like to talk about it for a minute because I was, I was, I was very happy with it. Uh, the people that opened for me, Lucas Waterfill and then Josh uh, Springer, uh, they're great. Uh, we had a good time. They're nice people, and uh, Ruth Ann at Crackers uh, was very nice to me. She was in a great mood, and we had great turnouts, and people really came out. And this one group of women came on the last show Saturday night, and one lady was wearing a wedding dress, and they said that they were there to see me, and then they were super rowdy, and they got kicked out. But someone said to them, Dusty Slay wants you to be quiet. And I'd like to say, just if any of those people listen to my podcast, I didn't want you to be quiet. I don't care. You weren't bothering me. It was the other tables around you that was bothered by it, not me. So 
just if you're a listener of the podcast, know that you got kicked out, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't really the club's fault. It was the other tables around you. No, it was definitely the waiter's fault for saying for putting it on you. It's like, dude, you're an employee of the club. You're, it's your job to keep the audience quiet. Well, you don't put it on the headliner. Yeah, but that's a different thing. What I'm saying is I'm just letting them know that I didn't want to kick them out. Okay. That's all. I just want them. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to bash the club or the waiter or anything. I just want the people to know that I didn't. I didn't want to kick them out. I enjoyed them, and uh, I don't know why they were wearing a wedding dress, but they were. I mean, it doesn't feel like the honeymoon is the comedy club, but anyway. So I just wanted to say that. But I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know that I ever really experienced much of Indianapolis, but. I went to Bob and Tom. I did Bob and Tom, and that was fun. Uh, met a guy. I met a guy named Zoltan Kazar, and uh, and he looked a lot like me, and uh, we had a good time. That that name sounds like it's from a comic book or something like that. Zoltan. Mm-hmm. What kind of name is that? Is that Greek or something? He said he was born in another country. Okay. But I, I don't think, I mean, he's an American citizen. I guess he has dual citizenship. Like it sounds like a name from, like, the Marvel movies or something right. like that. Right, Zoltan. Zoltan! I think there may even be some movies with Zoltan in it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ooh, I just got a package here. I bet that is the rice cooker that I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> this apartment that Ooh, we live in you now. You got a rice cooker coming. The, the apartment that we live in now, when I get a package, it goes to that locker, and then they email me and tell me that a package is here. They never get stolen anymore. In Hendersonville, we had a few packages get stolen along with two floor mats. Now, actually, it was one floor mat, and then one got ruined by a pressure washer. Mm. So that, that to say, I love crackers. I love going there. I've been going to crackers for many years, and I'm excited to go back and... Um, I had a great time. I went out on 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 a Thursday night, had some cigars, and uh, with Drew Lynch, and uh, he was headlining the other club there in Indianapolis, and we all hung out. Brad Scott, and uh, it was great. Nice. And Matt, I don't know his last name, but Matt. Matty Shamber or something. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, but I follow him on the gram, bro. It was a very good time. I got to see a lot of people that had that always come out uh, to my shows when I'm there, and I was very happy to see them again. And also people that um, I wonder if he follows me. Anyway, and then, <laughs> okay, so I just gave him a shout out. He probably unfollowed me. <laughs> But also other people that, um, you know, had told me that they're listeners of the podcast. So I want to say I appreciate that. And uh, I had a good time. I got to work on my joke. I've been doing a joke about my old mattress. And uh, I got to talk about that a lot. And I appreciate you sitting there and listening to that. I love that. I love a good mattress tale by Dusty. Yeah. A Dusty mattress tale. Well, I had an old rough mattress. We've heard about it on the podcast. And it, it went through a lot. Yeah. So... Right on, man. Right on. And then where were you, Hannah? I was in Kansas City this weekend at Clint's Comedy Stop. Uh, it was actually in Overland Park, which is just outside of Kansas City. And I like Kansas City a lot. Uh, they had some nice weather there this weekend. I tried to find a park, but was unable to. It's very hard to look up a park on Google Maps because a lot of neighborhoods are just called park. So I would search, you know, Riverside Park, and it just took me to, 
you know, a, a pike in the interstate. So, I mean, I I was hunting for a park for a while, and I couldn't find one, so that was a little disappointing. Um, interesting weekend this weekend for me. What made it interesting? Well, you know what? I was talking to someone that listens to our podcast, and they were saying how they like the car fight section because we keep it real, and it's not all sunny and... You know, good times because a lot of times we're like, it was a great weekend. It was well, a great weekend. I would it was a like, great to, you know, what is interesting? I was just thinking about that. I want to address that because you know what? It's not always a great weekend. Self care tips, taking care of you. No, it's not. And but the problem is, is that things are such nowadays. That you can't complain about anything without, like, it's like, if I were to go, I didn't like this about the weekend, or I didn't like this about the weekend, then there's a chance that I'm not going to get booked there again, you know? And it's like, I want to get booked. I don't want to be the kind of person that's trashing all these things. But sometimes on my weekends, there's things that I don't like. So this is the way that I approach everything, is we used to travel, and and we would stay in these hotels that, that we would get by Ignite Hospitality. And we would have to write reviews, right? And so sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes the hotel wasn't uh, the kind of hotel that I wanted to give a good review to. But I had to because I already agreed to do it. So what I would do was instead of lying about things is I just found and highlighted the things about the hotel that I did enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I do now. I mean, I really did enjoy my weekend at Crackers, and I like it. I love that club. But... Uh, you know, every week I'm like, what an amazing weekend. And honestly, they are because I'm having such a good time and I enjoy doing comedy that I don't complain a lot. But um, there's usually something that I could get on here and complain about. But I'll save the complaints for if you hang out with me in person. Right. But, you know, we do do a podcast about comedy and, you know, podcasts are essentially personality driven. And, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, yo, man, I keep it 100 percent always truth telling. Like, you know, OK, we're trying to have careers out here. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to be disingenuous about a, fe- uh, a weekend that I had. Um, but it's exactly what Dusty said. Um, I'm always grateful for any stage time that I get. And there's always good and bad things, even within a bad weekend, you know. So while I had a rough weekend this weekend, when I really stopped to think about it, a lot of it had to do with stuff outside of the the actual comedy experience, which I, I, I was going to get into on the road. Um, I will say this weekend um, I was at Clint's Comedy Stop, and I had a really good time with the headliner, Richie Holiday, Dusty, and him. Uh, him were friends in Charleston. He used to do the open mic at Big Gun Burger in Charleston, South Carolina. The yeah. Big Gun Show. That's what I called it. Yeah, and he's really cool. Very I creative. enjoyed him. I enjoyed Clint, the manager at Clint's Comedy Stop. He's really trying to get it going there in Kansas City. And he was very kind and very gracious and very complimentary of me. Um, he said after my first show on Thursday, he was like, oh, you're like such a good female comedian. I was like, why don't you wait until you see like maybe two shows? <laughs> like, so you, you know, anoint me great. Cause well, you are like, a good comedian. Yeah, but it's sort of like I hate when people like are like, they're great because they saw one show. I think you should see two or three shows before you you make a uh, But you are judgment. good at comedy, and, and so it doesn't matter how many shows they see. Well, I think it should matter, honestly. Because, no, I mean, we can all get wowed by someone having a good show, but then, you know, you, and then you, you see them stretched out over six shows, and you're like, well, they're fine. They're not bad, but they're fine. I'm just saying, 
general rule of thumb, maybe wait. Hold, well, hold, well, your, hold it, your applause it, until you see what they do the whole weekend. But it's like if you go to a restaurant and you have a meal and it's fantastic, you're going to go, that's a great restaurant. Yeah. Let that next meal determine if it changes your mind. But yeah. just let them have that good impression. Of that's you. a great point, Dusty, and I and I stand corrected. Let them have that good impression. Of yeah. You. So, anyways, more on Clint's comedy stop and my uh, uh, difficult adventures in Kansas City this weekend. Well, what what made what made it difficult? Well, I'll I'll say one thing. Uh, I know that I got a I got woke up on Thursday morning early with Hannah. Because I didn't have to leave quite so early. I woke up early with her, and I go, I'll help you pack. Such a sweet husband. And she goes, well, I don't really have anything to pack. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she goes, oh, I'd like to take this fan. So I got the fan, and as we went down in the elevator, because like I say, we're very fancy now. And uh, we went down the elevator, and I put the fan in her car. We drove down. We got a coffee. She dropped me off, and then she took off. Later, I get a call from her, and she goes... Nine hours later, a nine-hour drive to Kansas City. Nine hours later, I'm already in Indianapolis at a microtel, which I don't care for. If I got to tell you if I gotta tell you one thing I don't like, it's a microtel. I don't like them. I don't like them. It's tiny. I'm not a fan of it. I'm too... I feel like that... I felt so spoiled when I showed up at a microtel because I was like... Deep inside, I was like mad, but... Uh, I've also stayed at worse than a microtel. Do you know what I mean? So the microtel in Opelika, Alabama, is an pretty atomic nice. hotel. I don't know what that means. Just the size of an atom. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, so I get a call from Hannah, and she goes, "Did you pack my red bag? My large luggage, my suitcase, the bag that she keeps everything for the whole weekend in?" And I was like, "No." And then she is irate. They talking trash. They talking smack. Telling so many lies, I know they're full of crap. That's okay, haters gonna hate. Uh-huh. I'll play at Stinky's Joke Barn with them any day. They, they, they talking trash. Why don't you go ahead and tell us more <laughs> about it? Well, I mean, it had all of my luggage. All I took to Kansas City with me was my merch and my purse. And so my purse had my wallet, my laptop, um, uh, some pens. And then that's it. I didn't have any shoes. I mean, I drove to Kansas City in track pants and running shoes because it's a nine-hour drive. So I arrived to Kansas City. I'm going to be there for three days. Nothing. No underwear, no socks, no pants, no nice show shoes, no shoes, no anything, no makeup. I am bereft of things. What? And I have bereft. Tell Tell us what that means. Bereft is gone, missing. It's gone. It's. I have nothing. Bereft. Just wanting of yeah, that's the answer we're looking for. Yeah, and so, I mean, look, it's hard to say whether one has a temper because everybody gets upset sometimes. Everybody gets angry. Now, I don't say that I get angry a lot, but when I do get angry, I get man angry. And by that, I mean I yell and I have a ferocious, irate temper. She cusses a lot. I cuss. I love swearing, first of all. It's very difficult to be with Dusty because he doesn't swear. I don't and tell I you not to swear. And I enjoy a good though. cuss word. I love the F word. I love the ass word. But I don't tell you not to cuss. No, you don't. But I, I... I like to keep the podcast clean so that we don't have to put a parental guidance on our... I enjoy cussing. It's I've decided that about three weeks ago. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to swear because I like cussing. It feels good. And also, so well, I realize I have nothing in my car, and I have a show in about two hours. What I wanted to do was just sleep in my hotel after a nine-hour drive and then go do the show. A nine-hour drive? Drive. 
drive. Okay. And no, I have to go to Target. I don't know what a drive now, is. Now, I have to go to Target and I have to pick up all this stuff for the week and I have to get like at least five pairs of underwear. I have to get makeup, which is foundation, eyeshadow, uh, uh, eyeliner, mascara, you know, I all this kind of stuff, socks, shoes. So I dropped $240 in a Target. I'm only making like $400 But you easily made up for that by selling merch. Which I did not do this weekend. Hmm. Yeah, I hate selling merch. I mean, this is the thing. is like I don't like selling it. It's, I'm I'm just, I'm like, you know, I'm a princess. I'm from the middle class. I don't want to sell t-shirts. Well, you have them. I I want you to sell them. I certainly don't want to sell t-shirts when I'm in a sour mood. All right, I'll tell you this. If you're going to, Hannah is going to be going, where are you going this weekend? Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan. So we'll get into that. But if you're going to be at those shows this weekend, Hannah will have t-shirts in her car that say Canadian famous Hannah Hogan. They're very nice looking shirts. They're you could wear the shirts even if you don't care about Hannah's comedy. They're nice shirts. They're very comfortable. She has them in all sizes. I think you have the black ones in your car, black with red uh, letters, and she'll have them in her car. She won't pitch them on stage, but if you're looking to get a shirt, uh, say something to her about it at the show. Be like, I'd like to buy a T-shirt from you because I'd like for her to sell those. Yeah, so anyways, so... You know, yeah, the the thing that I would have, should have done is, okay, I dropped all this money. I'm not making a ton of money in Kansas City. Sell some merch. But, you know, I'm selfish. I'm, I just didn't do it. And it was almost like I was like, you know, I'm going to treat myself to not selling merch this weekend, which is essentially what I do every weekend. But anyways, I struggle with selling merch, which is hard, you know, when you compare yourself to your husband, who is just like a merch extravaganza over here. I mean, he's he's got hoodies, he's got t-shirts, he's got different color hats, he's got pictures, he's got, I mean, he, he, he's got everything. I like selling and he things. he loves it. He loves selling merch. People try to make fun of me about it. I like selling my wolf shirt and my NASCAR shirt. And I love that he loves it. Because I think honestly, it's fun. We would be destitute if he didn't make the money that he makes because I'm certainly not making any money out here. Not after this past weekend. Why would you know? Why would someone not want to buy a shirt that says Dusty Slay with a NASCAR T-shirt on it? And it and it also the the sponsors of the NASCAR are my jokes. Yeah, I mean that's that's some inborn confidence that I respect and admire, and you know, times envy. And then I have a wolf T-shirt where the wolf is vaping. He's not. It's not even that cold where he's at. He's vaping. Right. So long story short, I had a hard time in Kansas City. It all started with me forgetting my luggage and dropping a bunch of money that I wasn't going to make that that weekend in the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, that's and it. And then you stayed for two nights in an Ignite Hospitality Hotel, which was very right. nice. And then you stayed the final night at... The Comedy Condo. At the Comedy Condo, which... So here's the other thing. is like, obviously, I had the option to stay in the Comedy Condo, right? But it's like, dude... There's, like, four men in this house. I don't know who they are arriving to Kansas City. I just don't want to deal with it. Like, it's just, like, they. I'm sure they're perfectly fine. I'm, I'm always assuming that they're fine. But it's also just, like, you don't know what you're walking into in a strange city, in a house, in the, in the comedy club owner's house, where there's, like, four men and the comedians living there. Like, it's just, like... It's a lot. And I don't even want to stay in a comedy condo with four other men. So I, I opted to get a hotel two nights, and then I thought, okay. Especially, four other women, that might be a different story. You know what I mean? Especially after huh? losing my luggage and having to buy luggage, I was like, I'm not spending more money on a hotel. So I grinned and bared it, and I stayed at the comedy condo on the last night. And it was a good time. 
yeah, it was fine. All right, so that was our trip, and yeah, so comedy can be rough out here because you know if the shows aren't good and then your sleeping arrangement's not good, it's like it's just not as fun. But you know, you just you just make do, and you realize that sometimes when there's not a lot of people at your show, that well, hey, there's not enough people in this room to ruin my career, so just have a little fun, practice some jokes, you know. But it it, it is not great. I've I've done a lot where I showed up and there's eight to twelve people in the audience and. It's just like you walk in and you're just like, oh gosh, you know what I mean? Well, I had I had a I had a very difficult time on the last show on Saturday. I don't know if we talk about it because we still haven't even talked about where we're going. Yeah, let's talk about that in a bit. All, All right, right, so where we're going tonight? I'm at Zany's Nashville, six thirty p.m. I'm at Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. It's going to be hot. I got some. I got a lot of funny comics on there. I got Don DePetta, who's from Atlanta, now in L.A. He's uh, uh, we've done a lot together in Atlanta. I have Caleb Sinan, who is also from Atlanta, now in L.A., very funny guy. Uh, we have Dustin Nickerson, and I think Dustin is in L.A. He's at least in California. Never met him, but he travels with John Chris, very funny. I have Aaron Weber, who is my friend that I've traveled with quite a bit, and he'll be on the show. And then we have my lovely wife, Hannah Hogan, will be on the show. So it's going to be a great time. We got the show. I mean, honestly, by the time this podcast goes out, it may be sold out. We were very close to a sellout, and it's exciting stuff. And then this Friday, I'll be back at the Grand Old Opry. So that's exciting. I'm I'm pumped to be there. I'm always pumped to be there. I mean, what country music fan doesn't want to do it? This morning, I did radio. I did Sirius XM, The Highway with Stormy. Um, Stormy Warren, and uh, it was great. We had a lot of fun. And uh, so if you're listening to the podcast because you heard me on there, welcome. <laughs> what? Welcome. We, pick, we pitched it on the, on the, That's uh, great. the radio. Yeah, babe. I mean, Dusty's, Dusty, you're rocking it. And Dusty, you have such a great, great attitude. It's very admirable. Well, I mean, things are going great. I mean, I'm this, I mean, and, you know, it's been a, a long road of working my way through things and there being questionable times where it's like I'm not sure what's going to happen next. I'm not sure, you know, what uh, what's even happening with my career. But it's like I'm in a couple of weeks. I'm doing the Moon Tower Festival in in Austin, Texas, um, and uh, in June I'm doing Cluster Fest in San Francisco. Uh, later in the year I'm doing the Edmonton Comedy Festival in. Canada. Uh, Canada. I, I'm doing a corporate gig for sh- the gas station Sheets. So based on that show, Sheets is now my new favorite gas station. Sorry, loves. Uh, book me for a corporate gig and do better than Sheets, and you'll be my favorite again. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why. Like All these blue-collar sponsors better get on board on this podcast. I mean, this kid right here, he's, he's, he's blue-collar to, to the thing. He never takes his hat off. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I finally convinced him to stop wearing a hat with his name on it. Well, I just found eBay, and uh, and it's like it's amazing. I was like, is eBay even still a thing? And Y'all I started, heard of eBay? It's pretty crazy. I started finding hats on there. On it. I'll tell you the least blue collar thing I've done. Well, I'll tell that in a bit. You Me? go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I said the least. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. You're from the country, <laughs> so take it easy. All right, so what are we talking about? What I'm doing this weekend? Oh, man, I'm going to have a good weekend this weekend with uh, Jimmy Pardo. I'm going to be in Ann Arbor, Michigan with him at the Comedy Showcase in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Very exciting return to Ann Arbor, Michigan because... Ann Arbor? Yeah. I think it's just Ann Arbor. 
Okay. Well, I say Ann Arbor. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's honestly how I've been saying it for a while. I just don't want people to be confused in case there is an Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Well, all right. So. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. Now, I grew up in a town called Peterborough, Ontario, in Canada, and when I was growing up, they had a summer camp exchange with Ann Arbor, Michigan. And honestly, everyone calls it Ann Arbor in my town, so I didn't even know I was saying it wrong until right now. It's just not an O with the end. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get it, but I guess because I'm from Peterborough, I say Ann Arbor. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Peterborough. Nah. Okay, so anyways, when I was maybe 10 or 11, uh, I went and stayed with a family in Ann Arbor. And uh, What's their names? I forget. I, I hope they forget. come to the show. But I have the, I have the pictures still. I forget the girl's name who was my exchange girl. But I remember I was on the basketball team for Canada, and then wow. we would play the American team. Wow, I've never heard about this. Yeah, it was. I know. I actually... No one has, but then I told my dad that I was going to Ann Arbor, and he's like, the Ann Arbor Games! <laughs> I'm like, yeah! It's so, it's so good, you know, when you talk to your family from Peterborough, and then they're the only ones that get your weird references, you know? Um, so anyways, it'll be good to be back at Ann Arbor, because it's been a while <laughs> since I was there. You know, I was there, we played the Americans, we lost, but then there was a, uh, like, a dance after for, like, boys and girls. It was like, you know, like, kind of, like adolescent like dance and so that was sort of my first experience with american men and uh, now i'm married to one so you know that's that's where it all started for me really oh great yeah so if you were the what's person the, that i what's had the ex- club called the comedy showcase okay um supposed to be a really good club um if you were my exchange family or you are from ann arbor and you have heard about the peterborough ann arbor games um, like ask around. I'd love to see that girl. I'd re- I'd remember her face, you know, depending on how she aged. Um, <laughs> but it'd be great to see them again. Yep. Well, great. So Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hannah will be there. I'll be here in Nashville at the Grand Old Opry. Very exciting stuff. I also be at Zany's on Thursday. I'll be judging the roast battle. Oh yeah, that's gonna be hot. So it's gonna be exciting. So. Uh, so, all right. So, I want to say the least blue-collar thing that I've done in a while was today, unless you have a different segment. This could be part of the on-the-road segment, I guess. Okay. Transitioning into a little advice that I'd like to give. Advice. Advice. To Cummings. Okay. But I was driving down the road today, and I had a flat tire. I got a flat tire on the interstate, and I just drove. I uh, just kept driving with the flat tire until I made it to a gas station near our house. And I I, was, I bought some fixed flat, and I was going to jack it up. And then I was like, nah, I've really ruined this tire at this point. Even fix a flat's not going to help. So I was like, I'll just change it. And in that moment, I realized that when I bought my car, they talked me into getting a warranty that had roadside assistance. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to change this tire. I'm going to call roadside assistance, and then I'm going to go home. And I'm going to sit in the air conditioner until someone comes to change my tire. And I think that is a very non-blue-collar thing to do and just let some... But, you know, this is why. One, I've already paid for the service. And two, a guy comes out with a bigger, better jack than what's in my car. 
and then he has an in a, a motorized uh, drill that takes the lug nuts off the tire. What what would have taken me half an hour and I'd have been all sweaty and dirty took him five minutes to do. And I was like, this is great. You know, so I just feel like that not changing your own tire is a very non blue collar thing to do. But I've got to be honest with you, I did it and I'm not ashamed of it. You know, it's interesting. This is a milestone event for you because you keep saying, I paid for it. I already paid. Like, you just kept repeating that when you got home today. Like, I already paid for, like, almost, you know, con- consoling yourself for doing something that seemed really out of character for you. Like, I, I, I did pay for it already. It, it's fine. You still well, got I that kind of, like, poor man's mentality. Well, yes, I wasn't saying it like that. but uh, Well, that's but, how I heard it. But, yeah, I get it. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I feel like... That I should be changing my own own tire, but I'm like, why? I mean, I, 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 you know, I hate to just repeat it again, especially since you made fun of me, but I already paid for the service. <laughs> and w- w- why pay for something and then do it? You know, like it's it's almost like it's a new idea for you. You wouldn't pay someone to cut your grass and then go out there and cut it. Yeah, but I just think it's a foreign concept that you're now integrating into your lifestyle. Because you can't afford those things. Right. And this is why this is what leads me into a little little advice segment. We can still do on the road. We, it doesn't matter. We don't we'll, we'll, we're just throwing in bumpers we'll, to keep it fresh. We'll work in bumpers. But I just want to say, you know, when I was growing up, people didn't teach me a lot. I'm not trashing anybody that I grew up around, but people didn't teach me a lot about saving money or the importance of saving money. Or maybe they did and it just didn't sink in with me. I don't know. But I remember saying this. I remember having this statement. I would say to someone, I was like, well, every time I try to save money, something just happens and I need to spend that money. So why even save, right? And then someone said to me, well, when you save the money and you need to spend it, at least you have it to spend. And even at the time, I was like, I was like, that makes sense. But like inside my head, like I said out loud, that makes sense. But inside, I was like, who's this lady trying to tell me, you know? But it is important. Like, save money, even if you can't save a lot of money. It's like, because when I bought the car, uh, I was able to buy the car because I took, I did two years without a car. I had no car payment, I had no car, rode a bike, and I saved money so that when I, it came time to buy a car, I bought a pretty cheap used car, paid cash with it. I put 215,000 miles on the car. It already had a hundred. I put 250. So in that time, that took me three or four years that I began, the moment I bought that car, I began to save money for the next car. So that when it came time for me to buy a new car, I was able to buy that car too and not have the car payment. And then because I had been saving money and saving money and saving money that by the time that when they asked me about the warranty, the warranty seemed expensive and didn't seem to make a lot of sense. But I was like, you know what? I will use this roadside assistance because I'm on the road all the time. Let me go ahead and buy that. And then I bought it. And now I have no regrets about it. And the thing about but it all starts with saving money. And people go, well, I, don't, I just don't make that much money, so I won't be able to save. But save anything you can. Like, if you buy coffee every day from a restaurant that costs you two bucks, I mean, in 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 one week that's fourteen dollars. In two weeks that's twenty eight dollars, and that just adds up. And then at the end of the month, what's that? Uh, it's what fifty uh, fifty six dollars. 
So you put $56 a month. What's 56 times 10? That's 560. Add two more months. You get it. I can't do that math right now, but you get it. So that's over $500 you would save. Now, of course, you still want to drink coffee, so you would have to buy some coffee and buy some filters, so that would take a little bit out of it. But just say even $500 a year just off not buying coffee out every day. And And a lot of people are kind of full, full of it when they say, oh, I don't have any money, because they're always the same people that's boozing on the weekend, got weed every day, and right. girls that have the freshest outfits, and yet they're like, I've got car payments, I've got student debts, I live at home with my parents, yet you always have the cutest stuff from Target. It's very true. I mean, right now, you know, we're, we're buying, you know, we're buying a little nicer stuff for ourselves, but for a long time, you know, I mean, many, many years, I mean, any painting that hung on my wall was from Goodwill. I mean, I actually still haven't really paid any money for a painting. And uh, all of the things, like my sister has given me so many things, like the couch and the, and the, and the love seat in our living room my sister gave to me. It's like so many things I have people gave to me. My mom gave me half the dishes that I have in the kitchen. It's like... Yeah, and he also married a wife that's not a materialist. I mean, I talk about it in my act, but we have wedding rings, and we did get them from a pawn shop. Right, and part of what... <laughs> so, yes, yes, exactly. Which I'm very, about 300 bucks I'm very, two days before we got married. I'm very grateful for because, you know, certain people, they want certain things, and I'm not here to tell people what they shouldn't want, what they shouldn't have. You get whatever you want. Whatever is important to you, you do it. But I've known people that that basically have no money, really, and then they spend $10,000 on a wedding. And it's like... I mean, that's a cheap wedding, too. Yeah, and it's like, did you really need to spend that much on the wedding? Did Did it mean that much? Because if it does... By all means, do whatever and, and and do whatever you want to do, no matter what. I mean, I don't care. But I'm just saying, what has helped me is starting from a place where I had to I had to really scale it back. I had to really like I, I wanted to quit a job that I hated, and in order to quit that job, I needed to lower my expenses, and I couldn't lower my expenses without selling my car. And now, not everybody is in a position to be able to do that. But if you realistically break down your life. You can make changes that might be difficult, but you can do it. And if you... Books, they're reading by Hannah Hogan and Dusty Slay. Start from... Dave Ramsey has a... Actually, you know, a lot of people make fun of him, but he has an incredible uh, plan for getting out of debt. And, you know, I I recommend checking him out. I'm not going to try to quote Dave Ramsey, but... Debt is what kills you. So if you get out of debt and you don't have these monthly payments, because a lot of people make a lot of money, but they also have so much money going out every month that it doesn't seem like they make a lot of money. Or the moment they get their car paid for and they're like, oh, I'm payment free. I'd like to get a new car. And then they go buy a new car and now they got a payment again. Yeah, don't be so basic. Stop stop being poisoned by American consumerism that you have to buy things and hoard things. I mean, literally just think about your life. And if you could just save... 15, 10% of every paycheck. Don't touch it. Save it up. You know, it's just, it's so sad how many people are trapped by all that because it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not one of those girls that wants a nice wedding or a nice wedding ring. And like, yeah, maybe I'm a little damaged. So I don't care about things like that because I realize that ultimately they have no purpose. And you're not always going to get women that are like that because most women have lived an unscathed life and want to have pretty things. Right, but I'm I'm not yeah, and I'm not saying this to try to trash anyone. I mean, you you want what you want and and what's important to you, you you get. So I'm not that's not my goal. I mean, 
by all means, you do whatever. But I, I'm just saying that I want people to recognize that, you know, where you're at right now, if you don't want to be there uh, later, start the change right now. Even if you're like, well, shit, I'm 35. Uh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, I won't be able to see any of the improvements till I'm 40 or till I'm 45. And it's like, so what? In 10 years, your life is better than it is right now as opposed to continuing to live the way you live and your life is exactly the same at 45 or worse. Start the improvements right now. I heard a thing where it's like, you know, when you're 20, you're like, oh, I wish I would have started guitar when I was a kid and I'd be good right now. But it's like if you started right now, even if it takes you 10 years to get good, then you're good at guitar by 30. Or if you start when you're 30, then you're good at guitar by 40. If you start when you're 40, then you're good at it when you're 50. Even if you, you know, you die at 55, you had five good years of playing the guitar. You know what I mean? So it's like no matter where you're at, you can start right now making your life better. Yeah, and you know, discipline doesn't feel good. Like, it's the same thing with eating. If you have a problem with eating and you, like, can't stop eating cupcakes or donuts or whatever, it is hard to be like, ooh, I want that donut, but I know I shouldn't eat it. It doesn't feel good to say no to a donut. But ultimately, you're going to thank yourself for that because you're going to feel like crap after you eat that donut. And you're definitely going to feel like crap after you have a lifetime of eating donuts. So you have to get in the habit of denying yourself things in order to prosper. Life isn't fun all the time. And you can't just constantly be treating yourself. And and mainly why I say this is because a lot of people don't learn, like myself, I mean, they don't learn a lot of money management and stuff. Stuff like that. I learned a lot of things from my parents, but but that ne- wasn't necessarily one of them that I learned. And uh, the reason that I think it works for comedy is it's because had I not done those things, I wouldn't have been in the position to do the. Because ta- when you when you start comedy, unless you have someone that's that's willing to take you on the road, or unless you have some kind of leg up, you're going to have to work your way up through the open mics, through the grind, through the showcases, through years of not making very much money at all but you but the problem with comedy is it's like you're not making a lot of money but you almost have to completely devote your life to comedy because you can't can't even have a part-time job really because you, you know it may be like hey can you come do this showcase on Monday and you can only ask off work so many times unless you have a great job. But it's like sometimes you can't ask off work. So you're going to need to get yourself in a position where you can quit your job and not need a ton of money every month. So having money saved, like I say, I lived in an attic apartment for $250 a month. And, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily seem cool, especially I was already in my 30s. Like all my friends Oh, well, not all of them, but a lot of my friends had college education, wives, kids, nice houses, and here I am moving into an attic. But Then he found himself a little Canadian girl that was willing to move into that weird attic with him. Yes. And so it all works out. So, you know, so uh, that's, that's, that's my little thing. So just thing. be disciplined. Yeah. and bear it. You know, life's not always easy, but if you, you have to make sacrifices. And if you're in a lot of debt... Really do check out Dave Ramsey. I mean, even he's he's comes at it from a religious perspective. Even if you're not religious, uh, check it out because he has a lot of good advice. He's helped tons of people, and uh, it doesn't matter what you've heard about him. If all oh, you heard he gave this person bad advice and it ruined their life, he's got good advice. Not everybody can be helped, so check it out. 
And so I hope that's helpful because I, I care about that. I mean, honestly, sometimes I don't know what to do with the podcast, but genuinely I care about people. I want to see people. I see homeless people outside of my apartment all day. I've been watching a lot of homeless documentaries on YouTube. I have real sympathy for people in those situations because I know what it's like to be poor. I don't know what it's like to be homeless, but it's like it's it starts – from where you're at right now every improvement starts from where you're at right now like you you can't you can't just go around going one day it's going to turn around one day it's going to turn around start turning it around right now even if you're if you're overweight if you're an unattractive person any of those things it doesn't matter even the smallest improvements every day can help you if you're overweight go to the gym and you don't you don't you know if you're overweight and don't like it if you're overweight and you love it then by all means stay overweight i don't i don't care but if you don't like it and you want to make changes go to the gym you don't have to go to crossfit you don't have to go to the gym like you're uh, training for the olympics just walk two or three miles on the treadmill sweat it out wear a sweatshirt you know i don't know i don't give uh workout advice but i know that you know it starts where you're at right now all this said it's not like we're perfect people we have our vices we have our weaknesses i have an addiction to youtube i love cigars you know i'm on the internet yeah and i struggle with it right everybody has stuff i don't want to go through my things here but i don't want to go through them either (laughs) and 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 that's what i'm that's my whole point is if you have things that you like and you want to do then keep doing them but if you want to change this is what i'm talking about you can never force somebody to change. But if you want to change, there's, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pumped, and I just want to share things because, you know, I've seen a lot of things. I've done a lot of things. I've been in a lot of uh, bad situations that I pulled myself out of. And uh, not, 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 not saying, oh, look how strong I am. I had help from people from time to time. And, uh, uh, you know, I sat in a, a truck when I first started selling pesticides. My boss used to play for the Buffalo Bills in like the 60s. Uh, he was 68 years old. We would sit in his truck. He would smoke cigarettes. He smoked Winston's and he smoked them real hard. Like he would, you know, and he just told me lots of things and he gave me financial advice and he gave me dating advice and he really helped me. This guy was very helpful to me and uh, at a time when I really needed it. So my early 20s, I was a real wreck. I'd be hung over, sweating in his truck and he's just giving me life advice. And it felt good. And I, I needed it. I didn't always like it at the time. We would we would go to lunch, and he would sit across from me on the table, and he'd go, all right, tell me something. What's something you've been thinking about? What's?" And he would force me to actually have an intelligent conversation with him, which I wasn't prepared for. But it helped me. Okay. All right. So that's it. That's my rant. What do you got, Hannah? know if this is appropriate but so someone came up to me a fan of the podcast said they really like the car fight section okay but we have only really done one because we haven't been traveling a lot together and that actually doesn't mean we haven't been fighting right the last time we traveled together we actually didn't fight really in the car where was the last time we traveled we went to tuscaloosa and that was the one we said on the podcast yeah but i think we've been in the car for an amount of time since then haven't we i don't think so oh maybe not i don't think so um so so we 
So that's the thing is like, you know, the the guy said to me, he's like, you know, a lot of time you guys are like, thanks, babe. Love you, babe, on the podcast. And Justin and I do have a very loving relationship. We're happy. Um, but we fight a lot. I'm a very aggressive woman and uh, also very, uh, the pendulum swings fast and hard with me. And I'm always like, geez, like, <laughs> what now? You know, what is going on? Yeah. So that's sort of our dynamic, right? We don't live in a house with a lot of rats anymore. What's the problem? <laughs> we don't live in Hendersonville anymore. What is the problem? Yeah, we. when I first moved down here, we lived in a house with rats, and we would set up rat traps, and we would catch about four to nine rats a night. And for some reason, I didn't really complain a lot about that. Looking back on it, I'm not really sure why I was okay with it. Uh, maybe because my exterior world matched my interior world, just rats running around nibbling on things, trying to deteriorate things. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my reading. That's the metaphors coming in. Yeah. So, but we do fight, and so I thought maybe we would we'd share a little bit about a like a fight that we that we have quite often. Usually, it it uh it happens after a, a particularly dire weekend of comedy that I've had. Um, because the, the situation that we're in now, which is great, uh, Dusty's career is going like this, and I'm kind of going like, hey, more road, more road, more road. And it's sometimes great. Like this weekend with Jimmy, I expect to be pretty awesome because his crowds are fun and it's going to be fun. For me, it's always great. I just want to say that. It is. It always, And they always say, like, you know, you can't fake the funk. Well, you also can't fake the funk of, you know, a grateful heart. Right or a uh, nonchalance, or like well, I don't really care what happens in my career. That's kind of the attitude Dusty has. Whereas I'm uh, trying really hard all the time, and it's uh, not necessarily clicking. Or that's sort of how it feels. Like I'm not saying I'm a bad comedian. I'm actually saying like I'm a pretty good comedian. But sometimes I really question like what, what, what to what end is this gonna? Like I don't want to just stay on the road. You know what I mean? It's pretty bleak out there. And I'm also physically exhausted. My body twitches. I have weird twitches in my legs and my body and my eyes. And we're not really sure what that's all about. But I'm assuming it's due to the extreme travel that I've had for about two and a half years. So, you know. If I freaked out about everything that went on with my body, oh, we'd be in a real mess. Yeah. Yeah, we would. Um, I mean, I'm fine. I am a bit of a hypochondriac for sure. But, um... Anyway, so we, we, we a fight that we often have is me being like, I'm going to quit comedy. And Dusty's like, okay, please do. Yeah. <laughs> not because he doesn't support me, but because you're like, it's not making you happy. Yeah, quit comedy, keep doing comedy. It makes no difference. I mean, just do something that you enjoy. I mean, I but it's like, this is the thing, is Hannah will be like, I'm going to quit comedy. And then she won't do comedy for a couple of weeks, and then she'll be sad that she's not doing comedy, so she'll get booked again so and then she's like oh i'm having a great time and it's like great you know so uh yeah so i'm just adding that in so so me saying quit comedy i don't care if she quits comedy i just want her to do something uh that makes some money but also makes her happy yeah i don't want her to not make money but do something that makes you happy while also making money yeah so if anybody has any uh jobs out there (laughs) Any ideas? Uh, well, I'm weary. Hannah hasn't had a lot of jobs, right? Then <laughs> this is a because she's sitting in an office chair right now, and she goes, "When we started the podcast, she goes, this chair's too low," <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, lift it up." And she's like, "It lifts." I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "How?" 
And I'm like, I don't that I, I worked for like two years at Office Depot. I have no concept of what it would be like to not know how an office chair worked. And Hannah just hasn't done a lot of jobs. She was an actress for ten years. She made a working actress, right? She made money. She made a lot of money. That that's she, why I got to America. Hannah actually has money that pops up in accounts all of a sudden. She's <laughs> like, "Oh, look at this! Look at this amount of money that I didn't know I had." And it's amazing. And so she's done a lot of things. But I, I think that the, the problem with a lot of comedians and a lot of people in general, especially in the social media uh, world, is that. We get obsessed with caring about what other people think. I genuinely don't care what other people think. I'm now, now that being said, it's, it's like, amazing. He doesn't. That He's be, not jealous of anyone. Like be, literally not jealous of anyone. I want people to, you know, I want people to like me because, you know, I want to get booked and I want, I don't want people going around, you know, talking trash about me. There's no need because I just want to be nice to people. I just want to help people. Now, I don't enjoy working with people that aren't pleasant to be around. So if someone rubs me the wrong way or someone's got a real negative attitude, I don't want to be around them. Uh, but other than that, I don't really care uh, what people think. I don't – I mean some sometimes I'll – you know, I get the feeling that maybe someone on the local scene doesn't like me or this or that. And it's like, well, you know what? I've been not liked before. And it doesn't bother me uh, because I'm like, there's nothing I can do about it. If you don't like me, honestly, that's your problem. Now, there's a few people out there that you may have a legitimate reason to not like me. And I get it. But other than that, other than a few select people, uh you not liking me is your problem, and so I don't I don't get wrapped up in it. And I also I don't get jealous of other people's lives because I'm happy with my life. You know, there's 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 nothing that I could think. Oh, if I had this, if I added this, then I would be happier. And it's like no, I could get something new and be happy. Like I need a new computer sometimes because my keyboard sticks. And anytime you tell someone that your keyboard sticks, they go, ooh, that's gross. And it's like, what do you think I'm doing with the keyboard, right? Even if I'm watching dirty things on there and and, and pleasuring myself, I'm not releasing things on the keyboard. Do you know what I mean? Dusty. No, no, no. I just mean that's where everybody's mind always goes. When you say my keyboard's sticky, they're like, ooh, gross. What have you been doing to it? And that's where they're going with it. And I'm just saying... Uh, I've had someone say that to me about my computer chair. They're like, I don't want to sit in this computer chair. And it's like, what do you think I've been doing to the chair, dude? You know what I mean? So I didn't know another way to say that. But I went into Best Buy, and I was trying to tell them that my keyboard was sticky and I needed to clean it. I did get it cleaned. It's much better. But if I got the new computer, it's not going to make me more productive. Sometimes I think that. You know, if I had a better camera, and then I go buy a camera, and I'm still not filming anything. You know, I, I'm finally filming something, and it's on my phone. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I've just gone off on a real tangent here. but Well, you're talking about how, you know, you don't, you're kind of just doing comedy because you genuinely enjoy it. And I think that there is a large swath of comedians that also share that just general uh, enjoyment of the craft right. and there's also other portions of comedians or I'll just speak for myself I enjoy comedy and I think that I'm funny but there's definitely some validation issues there's definitely some it's never enough issues which I think ultimately makes me try harder than I need and then trying harder is sort of the opposite of relaxation and relaxation is something that 
you know, is good for and benefits a comedian on stage. So it's just yeah, we it's all kind of like it's hard to get out of that fugue state. I think it's important to to note that you know we all do need validation. I mean, you you know, I wouldn't be as happy as I am. I, I fully admit if if things weren't happening for me, right? I mean, like if I'm just uh, working the road and I'm just being like, you know, all right, I don't really see a lot of things happening, but it's like you have to put in perspective what are those things that are happening like what is happening and if you look closely even at your own career things are happening it's just not always what we want to be happening so we think no progress is being made because it may be slow progress but yet progress is being made sometimes we go well well i gotta have this or nothing's happening for me at all and i think that you know, when I was working the road for a long time, there was times where I got frustrated, where I was like, dang, I, I really feel like I should be getting more. And but, but I was improving as a comedian so that when I was finally in front of the right people, they were like, oh, this guy's really good. And I look back and I think there were times in my career where I was like, I should have been in front of those people then, or I should have been in front of those people then. But had I been... I wouldn't have been as good as I am when I finally was in front of them. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing that I notice about you, Dusty, is when you get these opportunities, you're not, like, stressed about it. Like, you know, when you got JFL or you're going to The Tonight Show, you weren't out there trying to work your set. You weren't, you know, causing fights with me, stressed out about it. I mean, it's like you barely would even know you had those opportunities until maybe the day of. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. Uh, just well, I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Whereas me, it's like I get the slightest opportunity and it sends me into a miserable spiral. It's like, do I even want to be successful? Because I don't right, enjoy well, opportunity at all. I'm like, oh, great. Now I got to turn it up. Now I got to be great. Oh, and then if I'm not great, I'm going to kill myself. Well, that's what I said myself. to you the other night. Getting the opportunity, getting opportunities is like the worst thing. It for is. You. And it's really given me pause. I'm like, you know what? I don't really want. Yeah, success would really stress me out. And I mean, I've been successful before, like in Canada and whatnot. And, and it did stress me. It was some of my most dismal times is when I was, you know, doing all these things and just felt excessive pressure. And I'm like, do I even want that? Or should I just do comedy as a hobby? Well, that's why I I say that to cook or something as we go along. I mean, I think that you should, you know, just work with me more often and we just enjoy our lives together, traveling around, being a husband and wife and doing comedy together and living a vacation kind of life and just being happy and not worried about, uh, you know, you know, I mean, like, I don't know, so much of comedy uh, doesn't seem appealing to me. You know, some I love comedy, but there's so many aspects that I'm like, I'll see certain people, I see their Instagrams or I see them in person and I see the way they act. And, 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 and it's just like they're always just like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this. And it's like that just seems terrible to me. Yeah, it is. It's like it's even but it's not just in comedy. It's in all aspects of business. I used to when I used to sell pesticides, I mean. It was a it was a nationwide company where it was like it was a corporation you couldn't move up in it and and I, I watched some of those people at sales meetings and stuff and they were just like they were all about the business and they wanted to talk about it and you could tell that they were trying to work their way up in the company and that just seemed terrible it's like to hungry me too. Wolves fighting over one piece of rabbit. Yeah, it just seems they wanted to tear me. I, like I had people. I had a guy that I worked with for a long time and he was my friend. I thought he was my friend and we used to talk on the phone because we were traveling for hours. So we'd talk on the phone and he started complaining to me about our boss. 
And and then he kind of opened that up, and then I started to complain about the boss to him. And then another guy started complaining about the boss to him and to me, and we had this whole thing where we were like a little crew where we would kind of get together and complain about the boss. Well, that one guy was basically taking all of our complaints and telling the boss what we were saying, ruining our relationship and heightening his. And he got promoted in the company, and then uh, he became a boss to me. And I put in my two-week notice real soon after that. And because, but it's like they're they're everywhere. People are looking to step on you to try to get ahead, but they may get ahead, but inside there is no happiness. There's darkness and there's a void and it's just deadness inside. And I don't want to be that. I want to be, I would rather be happy where I'm at right now and never get any higher than be the most famous person on the planet and have no happiness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's why I love you, because I feel like you're exactly the person that I need in my life to kind of, like, save me from that. Yeah, I mean, there's so much fun that can be had. I remember my my friend uh, growing up, and I, I love this guy, but, you know, and he was just a little kid. And I remember playing this game with him where he would be like, all right, if, if anybody could be your mom, anybody could be your dad, who would you want it to be? And he would name, like, a celebrity and I remember even at that time, I was my parents were divorced, and I, they didn't like each other, and I was living in a trailer park. And I remember just saying, I don't know, I like my parents. I wouldn't want them to be anyone else. You know, and even as a kid, I mean, it's just like, I just look at my life, and I'm like, no, I like who I am. I like my life, and... Uh, if things come, they come, but I don't... I don't. You can't w- let it swallow you whole. I mean, there's too much suicide happening right now and too much drug addiction. And it's famous people or high-level comedians or comedians that you admire and may, perhaps you even covet their career. Then they kill themselves. And you're like, well, what happened there? You have to think. Sometimes I think it's, you know, it's literally just being disillusioned with your career and wanting something and... And your life and reality not meeting expectations. And that's devastating. So if you're the kind of person and you know you're not a Dusty, but you're maybe more of a Hannah, you need to check yourself because the industry is going to swallow you whole. It's never going to be enough. Yeah, don't be thirsty, you know. Just be good. Be good. Be unique. And be, be okay with being mediocre if that is what you are. I mean, you can always improve, but sometimes you're not going to be the, be the it girl. You're not going to be the it guy. There's way too many comics now. And spend the time, and even if you're a feature and you're not making a ton of money and you're traveling around, get some cool merch and sell it. Because I'm telling you, you can double you can double your income every weekend by having cool merch. Honestly, listen to Dusty. He knows what he's talking about. And it's like you, you know, like you know, if you're featuring and you get the the best feature gigs, unless it's you're featuring for a specific comic and they're paying you, the best you can expect is a hundred a show. I mean, that's you know, unless it's like big theater gigs or like I say, a headliner has specifically taken you on the road. The best feature gigs are like a hundred a show, which is not bad if you're getting you know seven, six seven shows a weekend, but. If you sell merch and you have cool merch and comfortable shirts, don't cheap out and get sandpaper shirts, but you get cool shirts with a joke on it or something, Not a, no cuss words on there. People are less, I don't know, I, you get whatever you want. I say no cuss words, but then again, I've seen people sell tons of shirts with cuss words on it. But uh, you, could double your, you could double your money every weekend. And so you go from making 600 a weekend to 1200 a weekend. And then if you're doing every weekend a month, I mean, do the math. I mean, that's almost five grand a month that you're making. 
that's that's great money and uh, and you can save some of that and then you you know you just sometimes you have to humble yourself and live in a rat house you know right. live live somewhere that's cheap it's going to be uncomfortable you may not be slaying women during this time in your life you know because you live in a closet well not that you need okay? to be doing that anyway morally but also you can do that too even in a rat house. And yeah, I mean, he got himself fine, little aggressive Canadian. Yeah, I was doing. I mean, I was doing just fine, uh, living in an attic. Uh, you got to find yourself a damaged woman, though, for something like that. You need to, you need to find a little off kilter. <laughs> she needs to be cute, but she needs well, to be off kilter to agree with those say, sorts of circumstances. I will say, during that time, before I was met Hannah, I was, uh, I, yeah, was okay. I was, I was, I was selling pesticides. I was selling pesticides part time, living in an attic, doing open mic, and doing fine with women. And I, and I think that I'm a good pretty, for you. I think that I'm a pretty good looking dude. But I, I don't, I don't, uh, people, I don't walk into a bar and people go, ooh, who's that guy you know yeah. that's actually literally the first thought i had when you approached me in a bar after i approached you but you didn't see me walk in and go "Ooh, who's that guy now i'm very smooth if i if i get up to you and turn it on i mean come on now. me and dusty were in new york city and we were both at a mic and then this guy comes up to me he's like well hi there my name's dusty slay are you here for the open mic and i thought this dude's not from new york city i really turn it on if i need to i'm not no. from new york either so i thought i'm gonna stick with this southern dude because he he seems like he's from the 1920s or something <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a, hi there. My name's Dusty Slade. You, you ever see that movie? Well, well, hi there. My name's Hannah Hogan. You ever see that movie with Brendan Fraser, uh, uh, Blast from the Past? <laughs> yeah. They they tell him, they, the advice they give him is to say something, you know, that makes you seem cool or whatever to a woman. And he goes, he goes up to that lady in the uh, club and he goes, excuse me, ma'am, have you seen my Congressional Medal of Honor? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I feel like this was a very good podcast. Now, we we have made the effort because the last couple of weeks we've been very tired, and we just have been complaining about it, and then we come in here, we do the podcast, we're kind of half-assing it, and it's like we really, really want it because I care about this podcast, and I want this to be good. I appreciate all the people that listen. I want it to be good. I want it to be fun. I want it to be funny, but I also want it to be informative. I'm trying to share the things that I've that I've, that I've – uh, uh, the knowledge that I've accrued, and uh, I want people to hear it. Is accrued a word? I don't know. But um, uh, I feel good. i tell you what. This is another thing I've been doing health-wise. I've been making smoothies, and I've just been cramming spinach in a smoothie. Spinach and kale, cramming it in there, and then putting some blueberries, blackberries, strawberries on top, blending it up. Tastes wonderful, and I'm eating like a half a bag of spinach a day. And, and sardines. I've been eating sardines, too, but not the cheap. I go to Trader Joe's. They're still not expensive. But I go to Trader Joe's. I bought canned sardines, canned smoked trout, and, and, and tuna. There's yellowfin tuna in a can. They're all delicious. It's it's cheaper than going and buying the fish. And you get it in a can. You I wrap it up with spinach and some cucumbers and a little yellow mustard. It's delicious. It's wonderful. As opposed to that red mustard. Well, you know, like a spicy mustard, which I like, but I don't know. I just got kind of, I've been reading a, a diet called the blood type diet, and it just talks about, it breaks uh, the diet down by your blood type and tells you what foods you should be eating. Now, granted, if you look this up and you go, Dusty, there's no real science backing this, and it's like, well, I don't care. There's a million diets out there. Right now, I'm trying this one. My body's feeling good. I feel wonderful. In, in almost a week, I've eaten no beef and no chicken, which is unbelievable for me. 
and I feel great, honestly. I could pass out right now, and you'd be like, well, looks like you don't feel so good, but I feel great. I've, you got a vigor to you. I you got a, a pep to your step. I have a lot of energy, and that I think that explains why versus the other podcasts because I've not been feeling that good. My I've been very sluggish. I've been, you know, I've been making a little better money, and I've been eating a lot of steaks. And I'm like, ooh, look at this! I'm eating steaks. I mean, I was even complaining. I went to uh, a steakhouse, a lot like a Western Sizzling. I forget what it's called, but it's out a little bit out west. And I was eating that, and I was complaining about it because I had been eating nicer steaks. And I was like, what kind of steak is this? You know what I mean? So I was getting Jeez. real high on the horse. Jeez, you and your, your your car service. You got this new money attitude here. But, I mean, when you start eating, I went to a casino in, in Michigan way up. Uh, uh, what was it? Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I had a steak there, and I was like, this is delicious. And then I go... Well, I like that you're finally uh, blaming your your health problems on yourself as opposed to me. Well, I mean, I I got a, I got several gray hairs now, and they just came up. They I started getting gray hairs after I started dating <laughs> Hannah, and uh, I get more and more all the time. Or you could just be in your mid thirties, honestly, yeah, I, or or could just be that. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but we're having a good time. I was going to play some music, but I think we've uh, we've really we did a, over an hour here. Um, yeah, let's wrap this up. I will say that uh, I wanted to play a little Jamie Johnson. But Why don't we just play it on the way out? Um, let me let me play uh, Jamie Johnson. If you don't know Jamie Johnson, check him out. Uh, he's got some really good stuff. Um, and my favorite is not even listed as one of his uh, top top ten songs. Which is called? Uh, let me let me just uh, uh, I'm gonna just find it. It's on the album that lonesome song, and it is called the last cowboy. You gonna you gonna put put it to the microphone? Yeah, let me let me play a little bit of it here. It's a bit of a long intro. Okay, a little longer than I thought it would be, but it's coming. I feel like someone's been murdered in a (laughs) saloon. (laughs) It's coming. I'm going to fast forward it. Here we go. An old pickup truck leans you down on your luck anymore. Boots and straw hats <laughs> Just a thing of the past Anymore And ever since waiting I can't find no one To buy into sad country songs and Tell me who's gonna ride all right, so that's a really great song. The Lonesome Song is the album, and that whole album is great. I mean, you know, last week we talked a little bit about Trace Adkins, and he had that honky-tonk, badonkadonk song, and uh, that was written by Jamie Johnson. And But that, you know, and but this this album, that Lonesome Song, I mean... It's so good 
uh, I think it, his biggest one was In Color. That's also on this album. But that that lonesome song, very good. And uh, But that's that's it. We had a good podcast. I really enjoyed this one. Um, we did do a video. Uh, it depends on how much time we have to edit to whether the video actually makes it into the thing or not. But we'd like to start posting it on YouTube. We have it on Spotify, and we have it on um iTunes, and also a couple others, but I don't know what they are. You can always find our podcast at my website, DustySlay.com. You can find me at DustySlay on Instagram, Twitter, and Dusty Slay Comedy on Facebook. Hannah is Miss Hannah Hogan on Twitter and on Instagram, and HannahHoganComedy.com is her website. Probably quitting soon, though. Yes. So check us out. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah. This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast, and we're gone.